Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Seti Cuscarell online. Seti, how are you? I'm great, Michael. How are you? I'm great. Good to be on the show with you. So you do some amazing work, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think uh, it's something that uh, is going to bode well in the future for for people and, and all of that. So why don't you share a little bit about you and, and, and the work that you're doing? Sure thing. So uh, I'm the CEO of a publicly traded company called TAT Global Alternatives. Basically, what we do is we make a an alternative to traditional cigarettes. So our product does not contain tobacco. It does not contain nicotine, but it'll still satisfy a smoker in a very similar way without triggering an addiction response. So the value proposition we try to provide the market is an ability to switch to our product and alleviate yourself of a nicotine addiction, which I think is fundamentally better than any of the other alternatives that exist, which basically just change the format, but still try to deliver uh, an increased concentration of a useless drug, uh, otherwise known as nicotine. So we really tried to put ourselves in the shoes of our target consumer and solve a massive problem for them, which is the fact that you'd be hard pressed to find a smoker that enjoys the fact that they're addicted to anything. And we wanted to help solve that problem. You know, the way I, tend to look at it is if you were to take tobacco and overlay it on top of the alcohol industry, all of the consumers would effectively be alcoholics. Well, yeah, it's, you know, having, you know, family and friends uh, that have smoked and, you know, they would like to stop it, but, you know, the nicotine addiction makes it really, really difficult to do so. And, you know, seeing, you know, different products out there that are, are better without all of the the you know negativity of, of nicotine and, mm. and all of that is is critical. So, what what motivated you to get into this sector? Well, I used to work at Philip Morris, and I spent a lot of time working with individual smokers, thousands of them. And, and as I had mentioned, like you'd be hard pressed to find a single one that says, "Yep, I'm I'm really happy that I'm addicted to nicotine." I mean, it's a big problem that none of the tobacco companies were actively looking to solve. So when I saw this. Uh, I really thought that there was a tremendous opportunity in the marketplace for it. So long as the product was positioned correctly, that the flavor profile was right, and uh, and that it really sort of tackled the problem in a proactive way. And I thought that positioning it similar to Beyond Meat would have been important. You know, that's a, that's a great analogy with the Beyond Meat because a lot of people... Um, are wanting to move away from a health standpoint, away from consuming as much red meat as society has done for for several years. You know, in, and I'll say in my own personal story, um, I like beef, but beef doesn't like me. You know, I have some gut issues that create some challenges if I consume beef. But having an alternative like Beyond Meat. I've tried, you know, their burgers and things like that. And for me, it's like, wow, this is actually good. It's meeting that satisfaction without um, the negative side effects that uh, the beef causes for me. And, you know, the same thing with, you know, the smoking and, and all of that. It's 
one of the things that, because I, you know, personally speaking, I have never smoked, but one of the things that, and, and I work in the burnout space, one of the things that I think is a benefit is, is, and some people may look at me a little funny on this, but I think one of the benefits of being a smoker is I need to go out and have a cigarette. That means you're taking a break from your work. You're going out and you're smoking and you're usually, you're not alone. A lot of times you see, you know, a few people are out there. So you're socializing and you're engaging and you have some conversations about different things and all that. And then you, after you're finished, then you go back to your work and you do the things. You can still do the same thing using your product again, without the nicotine component of it, but there's that social interaction. And as a non-smoker, I'm almost jealous to say, you know, I I miss out on that. And sometimes I would actually go out and have a conversation with people, even though I'm not smoking myself, but have a conversation with them in a more relaxed setting than the board meeting or anything like that. So where do you think the industry is going to be in the next you know, five to 10 years, because as, as we see, you know, people are starting to try to migrate away from smoking or they want to. Uh, but, you know, the, the alternative that the TAT provides, you know, provides an opportunity where it's like, well, you can still have the benefits of, um, of being able to, you know, socially smoke and do things like that without the nicotine thing. So where do you think uh, the industry is going uh, over the next, you know, let's say five to 10 years? Well, I mean, I can tell you since I started here, you take a look at a lot of the big tobacco companies and they now have a, an active beyond nicotine strategy. And I can tell you when I was there, nobody was using the word beyond anything. Uh, we started using beyond tobacco. We trademarked beyond nicotine. And now all of a sudden, everybody's going beyond nicotine or beyond smoking and all these things. So, I mean, it's flattering in, in one regard. Um, but I do think that the industry is really starting to take a look at the products it offers uh, get a better understanding of what its consumers want and and start delivering uh, a larger spectrum of products to help satisfy that. And I think that TAT and the category that we're building is going to continue to grow into the future because it really helps solve a very specific problem for a large group of people. And when you take a look at a lot of the other uh, nicotine delivery systems, whether it's vape, patches, gums, losses, whatever it is, they don't really replicate the act of smoking in the same way. And for a lot of smokers, that's what they prefer. So I know that in my work with smokers, you'd probably get about 70, 75% of smokers that would have tried vape. Okay. Now you take a look at the market now and the number of smokers still outweighs the number of vapors 20 to one. So if all the smokers tried vaping, then why are they all still smoking? Because it's and not the it's it's not the same sensation. It's, it's, it's not the same sensation. It's not the same flavor p- profile, and taste really is a big thing for smokers. Um, so for us, we we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how can we get our product to taste and behave like tobacco uh, to the point where it's almost indistinguishable. And that's really why I like the Beyond Meat example because at the end of the day, Beyond Meat's a veggie burger but it tastes nothing like a veggie burger. It tastes like you're eating a hamburger. And that's why I think they've taken off because they really understood their target consumer, what they were looking for and delivered it to them. And I think we're trying to do the exact same thing on the tobacco side with Beyond Tobacco. We're going to give tobacco smokers a viable alternative to continuing to smoke cigarettes. 
in a way that's going to be less damaging to them and, and less addictive. And, and also, uh, going back to what I said before, you know, the, the social element of it. And again, you know, taking breaks, building breaks, because for those of us that don't smoke, you know, we're not going out to take a, a break, um, even though we could, in many cases, we don't. And that's when you start seeing um, people, you know, working longer hours and they're not get, taking little breaks throughout the day, which obviously has a long-term effect on, on their abilities and stress levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, on the, on the products itself, um, you know, have you been surprised by, uh, if you thought, you know, one particular, because I know you've got multiple versions of them, one outperforming another one that is surprising you, or has it been pretty much in line with what you would have expected in, in migrating to um, an alternative? I think it's pretty much in line. I, I think uh, all of our varieties sell well. You know, recently we announced like we, we sold our first 600,000 packs. We're in uh, over a thousand stores, 20 states in the U.S. We've got distribution now into the UK, Ireland, and Australia, um, which is really tremendous for a company at our age and stage. Like we've had a product in market for less than a year. And, and I think that we're, we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds and, and consumers who try our product or smokers who try our product really do quite like it. Um, I think that there's a, a great alternative on the menthol side. So the US has a very large menthol uh, smoking population. And there's a lot of talk now of regulation coming in to prohibit and ban the sale of menthol cigarettes. Like they've done that in Canada. Uh, They've also done that in the UK, uh, in Australia. So there's a number of countries around the world where they're trying to ban uh, some of these flavors. But when you do that, you basically leave all of these smokers who would otherwise want that product with no other real alternative. Well, because of how we produce our product and how the regulations are written, our product doesn't fall within those prohibitions. So in the event that um, those flavor profiles do get banned, those smokers will have an easy time switching over because we'll be the only one that really offers that mentholated product. And that's being at the market at the right time. And congratulations on on the rapid growth so early in, in the business because in the UK, for example, I know, you know, and of course the U.S. as well, and, you know, certain parts of the country, you know, tends to have more smokers than not. But the U.K. is is a big land, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that's something where, you know, that, 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 you know, country and that, you know, part of the world was still more open and a little, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, was for a long time anyway a lot less restrictive than what we've seen in North America over the last you know couple of decades because it's like no it's just that's how things are here and they weren't as restrictive and you know on the legislation type of things now of course you know if, with the menthol conversation yeah that's um, a different story but again the fact that you're at market and you understand uh, that okay if we have this type of ingredients in this you know design of of the cigarette it won't won't fall under those guidelines therefore if they do implement these types of uh, legislative bans on certain things then you don't have people going through significant withdrawal which obviously can create all kinds of negative effects you know, and you, you know, that's why you see you know the patches that's why those things exist is if you're trying to wean yourself off of the nicotine addiction well all of a sudden you know, when someone says okay we're pulling the rug from you 
and okay, now you can't get them. Uh, that's going to create a huge health problem for a lot of people. So I guess last question before we wrap up, uh, for someone that's on the fence, you know, let's say you're a smoker and you're like, I don't think this is going to be right for me. So uh, how do you convince uh, smokers that um, your product is going to be better than what they're used to? Of course, obviously, unless they're menthol smokers where they might be losing that opportunity. Uh, but you know, what are some things you do to convince them? Well, like I said, um, I think the value proposition for smokers is quite high. Uh, we provide a product that isn't addictive. And I think that that's uh, of high value to them uh, because of the way the product is structured. Uh, we also don't fall under a lot of the tobacco taxes or regulations because it doesn't contain tobacco or nicotine. Uh, so we're able to offer the product to consumers at a significant discount to leading cigarette brands. And I think in doing so, it really provides uh, an unmatched value proposition in the market. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find a smoker that wouldn't at least give it a try. And when they do that, a certain percentage of them are going to like it. And the market is so big that the numbers always work in your favor. You know, there, there's about 40 million smokers in America. If we converted 100,000 of those 40 million smokers, the company's doing about $100 million a year in sales. You know, you convert 100,000 smokers in a pool of 40 million smokers, you've still got a pool of 40 million smokers to go after. And that's just the U.S. So the, I think the, the market potential on the product like this is tremendous. Yeah, your growth is going to be exponential, um, and you've already seen it in you know the first year and a bit of of things. So, Sadie, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you, this product, and all this amazing work? Well, they, they can follow us on social if they'd like to learn more about the company at Tat Global. Uh, they can also go to tatglobal.com. If they'd like to learn more about the product, uh, they can follow us at TriTat, or they can visit us at tritat.com. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So, Seti, thank you so much again for your time today. Really appreciate you and congratulations and continued success with the product. Thank you, Michael. Much appreciated. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.